Welcome to the Bethel Church Podcast. Each week you'll be able to check in for our messages from Sunday and other material. We hope that our messages encourage you in your walk in daily faith with Jesus. Make sure to check out our website, BethelStratford.org. This morning, my message is uh, going to be based on Mark 16, chapter uh, or verse, verses 15. And actually, it's kind of it's it's a follow up. We had an incredible uh, Sunday uh, last week. Uh, the uh, message that Pastor Chad uh, uh, spoke to us, and by the way, Pastor Chad and his family are taking a needed break. Uh, they're uh, on uh, a little bit of a break right now, uh, so please uh, remember them in prayer. Continue to do that. I trust that you are praying for them on a regular basis uh, and that you're covering them with prayer uh, as they give leadership to our church, and I think all of our leadership always needs uh, that extra uh, prayer and, and covering uh, because of the incredible assignment that we have. So last week, we talked about uh, the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit baptism in particular. And uh, we had a number of people that break through on that. And that was great. And it was, it was not only just people breaking through for the first time uh, with, with a heavenly language, but it was uh, just, I, I think it was a fresh baptism for our, for our, our whole church. Uh, and uh, that, um, man, that, that's so significant because our church is, is, uh, is in a stream. Uh, we are we are being led uh, uh, to a uh, I think a deeper understanding uh, and I think also a, a very strategic position in what what our Lord wants to do here uh, in in Stratford and in surrounding areas. So we're going to take a look at verse uh, uh, 15 uh, in Mark uh, chapter 16, and the title of my message is "And Signs Followed Them." And signs followed them. Uh, some would give this uh, message uh, the uh, subtitle of missional church, a missional church. And we are, we are a missional church, and we'll explain that more as we, as we get into uh, to the message. So let's take a look at this. I'm going to be reading uh, from the New uh, Living Translation, and uh, we'll go through this, uh, uh, these verses, and then we're going to kind of break it down and uh, look for some applications for us this morning. So, uh, and here are the words of Jesus. And then he told them, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved. But anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. These miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. They will cast out demons in my name. They will speak in new tongues. They will be able to handle snakes with safety. And if they drink anything poisonous, it won't hurt them. They will be able to place their hands on the sick, and they will, will be healed. Now, it's, it's important uh, that uh, we remind you as, as your uh, pastoral staff and your, your, your leaders uh, the significance of daily reading the Scripture. Uh, it, it's important that every, every time that we open up the, the Bible, whether it's uh, in a, a device or certainly the, the Bible itself, that, that we are reminded that we are reading uh, a scripture that transcends time. Transcends time. That, that's very important because there's some out there that don't, don't believe that scripture transcends time, that, that uh, some scriptures were only for about uh, a few years after Jesus was here, and then they stopped having their effect. Well, we don't believe that. 
We believe that scripture transcends times or in, in other words, it's ageless and it continues to have uh, its, its application. So when I read a passage of scripture that I just shared with you this morning, found over in Mark chapter 16 in verses 15 through 18, I am reminded, and this, this passage of scripture uh, has been bedrock for me. It's a passage of scripture that I often uh, will refer to, and it's found over in 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17. It says this about scripture. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. So you catch the emphasis right away. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable and, and goes down the list. And I remember it was, it was probably just a young teenager uh, in the church that I was attending uh, and the pastor really drilled home this scripture. And he, he drilled it home to really encourage us to, to memorize it. And, and so it has been part of, of my life because there are times that, you know, oh yeah, really, well, how does that work? And yet when you look at this scripture and you allow the Holy Spirit speak scripture comes alive. Another, another scripture that I think is important for us this morning as we take a look at what it is to be a missional church, a, a church that uh, is obedient to scripture and to Holy Spirit is this one. 2 Timothy uh, and uh, 2 and verse uh, 15. Uh, and it says this, do your best to present your, yourself to God as one uh, approved, uh, a, a worker who rightly divides the word of truth. Uh, so it's talking about, once again, that, that we have a responsibility only not, not only to read the scripture, but to rightly uh, uh, divide the, the word of truth. Uh, and so uh, uh, Paul and, and the early uh, church uh, fathers were very strong on not only reading the scripture, but let's, let's study the scripture, let's break it down so that we understand. So part of rightly dividing the word of, the truth, the word of truth is, is understanding the context. And you'll hear us talk about that uh, from time to time. And uh, in other words, what was going on at the time? So the question we want to ask right now is, what was going on at the time when Jesus gave these words, when he spoke about the, um, the great uh, the commission, the, uh, the great commission? Uh, so this is what we, we all know. This is all basic for us. If you've uh, followed the life of Christ at all and, and New Testament, you know what I'm going to say is, is uh, this is uh, 101. Uh, the context of this scripture is, number one, Jesus had been crucified. Uh, number two, he had been buried, and now uh, uh, he was resurrected. I, I, heard a, I heard a quote the other day about Martin Luther. And Martin Luther said, we should live our lives in this way. He said that we should live uh, as though Jesus were crucified yesterday, uh, uh, that he was resurrected today, and that he's coming tomorrow. That makes sense. Think about that. Okay. Crucified yesterday, rose from the dead today, and he's coming tomorrow. Introduces a tension that we all need to have a healthy tension when it comes to being uh, students of the word. Uh, according to, to uh, uh, some of the other things that had gone on, Jesus had for the last 40 days, 
uh, as you follow New Testament, since resurrected day on a resurrection uh, Sunday, Jesus had spent 40 days. So can you imagine what that would be like to be with Jesus, uh, the resurrected Christ? The one that had been, he had crucified, been buried, and now he was alive. And so the disciples, he had been spending time with them for 40 days, uh, preparing them for his departure and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And certainly we, we had that uh, brought home uh, loud and clear uh, last week. In Mark 5, uh, uh, 16, the, that final chapter, we find words that are very similar uh, to, to Matthew's account, uh, recorded in Matthew 28. And if you take a look at the end of Matthew 28 uh, and uh, you look at the end of Ma Mark 16, uh, you'll find these verses, they're, they're very similar. And scholars have branded these scriptures as the Great Commission. And when they, when they label it Great Commission, they mean it for, for each and, and, and every one of us. This is, so, this is so cool as we try to understand the context. So when Jesus is giving these words, it's probably just before he's ascended into heaven. So he's been with the disciples for 40 days. There's been a crowd. According to uh, what uh, Paul says over in 1 uh, Corinthians uh, chapter uh, 15 and, and verse 5, that not only had Jesus appeared to the, to the disciples and those that were close to him, uh, but as you read First uh, Corinthians chapter 15, verse 5, you'll see that Jesus appeared to more than 500 people. So, I mean, that's, that's, that's larger than we are this morning. And uh, so, so as, as this great commission is, is being uh, uh, given, it was to a large crowd. It wasn't just to a handful of people, but it was to a large crowd who had been following the resurrected Christ. So what did the commission mean? It meant go, and Jesus starts off, it meant go and preach the gospel. There were no specifics. There wasn't A, B, C, D. Now you got to do this, you got to do that. You got to take 101, 102. Then you got to, you know, right on down the line. No, Jesus was simply stating you need to go. And that's where it starts. The Great Commission really doesn't unfold. The Great Commission really doesn't come in place until we start to go with the Great Commission. Uh, and we start being obedient to what Jesus had offered or has said to us. Jesus said in the Great Commission, in this passage we just read this morning, not all will believe, but those that do will be saved. That doesn't mean that God doesn't want everyone to be saved. He does. He wants everyone to come to a personal understanding and a personal uh, relationship uh, with him. The Bible says over in 2 Peter 3 and 9 that God is not willing that any should perish, but that all would come to repentance. So I add on to a scripture like that because we know that God's not willing that any should perish. We must be careful not to be the judge. We just must do our part and just go. Now, you get that. So, okay, we're all ready. We're all signed up. We're ready to go. We get that. Okay, this next part is what you and I are, we get, we get excited about. 
And so Jesus says, as you go, signs will follow. And maybe that's the major challenge of the church these days. We've gotten pretty comfortable where we live in this country, and a lot of things have been going pretty easy for us. And so it's very easy for us to get into the routine. Uh, uh, instead of going, we come. Instead of responding to the message of Christ to, to take it and go, we have turned that around. Somehow, we've gotten pretty comfortable, and well, our Sunday and our weekly routines, well, we'll come to church, and we'll do some worship, and we'll listen to some uh, preaching, and then that's it for the week. Well, Jesus made it quite clear that it wasn't about us coming, but more about us going. And as we go, the signs are following. So, so as you go, signs will follow. In the name of Jesus, um, um, Christ said that demons will be driven out and they will speak in new tongues. Well, that, man, that's great. That's exciting. We saw some of that last week. Uh, now, now, Jesus, he has, he has an overemphasis on poisonous snakes and poison and so forth. But you know what my interpretation of that is? Uh, and and, and we'll, we'll see a little bit more about this over in Acts chapter 28, that Jesus was really saying to us that when you are in danger, don't panic. Don't panic. Uh, and, and when you come into a situation that is life-threatening, don't, don't panic. Uh, you know, don't, don't uh, jump out of, out, out, of the, out of the boat so far, but uh, uh, so fast. Uh, and so Paul's example uh, over in, in Acts uh, uh, 28 well, well, gives a good example of what Jesus was referring to. Now, over in, in, in 2 Timothy 1 and 7, and I think, you know, as we, as we just look at this whole thing of not being fearful, because the Bible talks about that in the last days, men's hearts will grip them for fear. We need to remind ourselves of the scripture that Paul said to Timothy, or in 2 Timothy 1 and 7 says, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So that, that's huge, right? That's huge today because there, there has been in our day, especially in the last few years, there's been a lot of fear in our, our culture and our society. And, and, and people have been fearful for, for a, a number of things. And, and, and certainly, uh, you know, COVID brought that front and center and, and that really rattled the cage a lot. And then that had other, uh, other repercussions. Uh, and so, Fear did not stay outside of the church, but it actually it crept in in different times. And so I, I needed to remind myself, and, and when maybe fear came knocking at my door, I needed once again to remind myself that God had not given me the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Uh, and so... So I, I love, I love the, the confidence and I love the commission that Jesus gave to us. And the last part of what Jesus said to us is that we could lay hands on the sick people and healing flows. And then that, I, that's where I want to be. How about you? Is that where you want to be? Okay, that's, that's, that's the kind of signs following that, that we have. I love the example of Peter and John. Uh, and Peter, Peter and John in Acts chapter 3, I think, man, this is, I mean, this is classic, but this is really where we are at. Peter and John, they, they've been part of the Holy Spirit being outpoured. Uh, they've been part of the day uh, of Pentecost, and uh, God was just, I mean, just doing incredible things. 
But you find in the pattern of Peter and John, it was like, okay, they, they were returning. They were returning to kind of the, 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 normal, the normal routines. And part of the normal routine for, for Peter and John was to go to the, go to the temple to, to worship. And so, I mean, normal routines are, are good. Uh, and so, as they're as they're going to the uh, to the temple, uh, I think it was a it was an ordinary day. I think some of the same scenery was there. As a matter of fact, I know that one of the persons that they were about to encounter had been there for a long time. And so, so Peter and John, they're they're going they're into their normal routine, except except something was different about this time. As they were going to the temple this day, there was an expectation. There was an expectation that God, I don't know what you have in store, but we're expecting you to use us. We're expecting you somehow to to take our lives, take the opportunities that are before us, and, and then you're going to do the rest. And so, as they come to the, to the temple gate, and they're there, and they see this man who had been there for a long time. He was crippled. He was a beggar. And, and what are the words? What are the pictures? And this is, this is telling. As Peter and John, as they look at him, and they're thinking, okay, God, uh, we're not sure here. Silver and gold. We don't have any money to give to this guy. And then, then the response is, okay, as they look at this guy, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, or as we have, give I unto thee. And do you know the rest of the story that the healing power flows. This man receives healing. He gets up, and he's jumping around, and he causes cry to stir. Why? Because Peter and John, on the way to the temple, they were expecting God to use them. Wasn't that cool? But here's the question. Are you expecting God to use you? Are you waking up in the morning and, and expecting God to, 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 to speak, to, to minister, to, to, to pray for someone? That's the crux of the matter. And this morning, if there's one thing we could take away from this message as part of the Great Commission, because it's timeless. It, it transcends time. The message that I just read is for us today. And we're to go. But the key, the key is that we go with an expectation. Okay, God, I don't know. It looks pretty normal to me today. But I'm going out with an expectation that whatever phone call I get, whatever person that I meet, whatever circumstance happens in my life, I don't know. But somehow I know that you are in that. And somehow you want to use me. You want to use me to release your power and your love so that signs follow wherever we go, wherever we go. I mean, teenagers, school, school students, just think about it for a moment. It's not when you go to school on Monday, it's just not going to be another day. No, God has a plan for you. And God is, if you understand what the Great Commission is all about, and you wake up in the morning, God, it looks like an ordinary day. I got homework to do, and I got to do this, and I got to have this assignment. I got to go to this class and so forth. That's okay. But if you go into school with that expectation, God, somehow 
you're going to use me today. Somehow there's going to be something that's going to come up that you want me to, to be your messenger. You want me to be an example of your love. You want me to be ready to pray for someone. You want me to, uh, in a very cool way, uh, lay hand on somebody and pray for them. That's what God, that is the spirit of expectation. That is the spirit that gripped the early church. And guess what? <laughs> it's here again. It's here again. It's here and it's alive in our day today. Come on, come on. So the big question, of course, as I'm, as I'm alluding to for you and I today is that when we read the Great Commission, what does it mean to me today? What does it mean to me personally? For me, the Great Commission means go. Uh, uh, don't, don't stop pursuing and, and, and keep pressing in. I mean, listen, I want you to know, as long as I have breath, I'm going to keep pursuing. As long as, as long as I'm able to, I'm going to keep on doing what Jesus wants me to do. And if when one door closes, I'll go for another door. And if that door closes, I'll look for another door. Because I don't believe, I don't believe that God has ever done with any one of us. I don't believe in retirement, just in case you haven't noticed by you following me, okay? Uh, I mean, I don't believe in that, you know? And, and one door opens, and, and I just believe that wherever we go, that God wants to continue to, to uh, uh, open the doors for us. I, and I think it's for you. You may right now think, well, I feel a little bit idle. Start pursuing the doors. Knock on the doors. Because the great commission that Jesus gave to us uh, is timeless. It, is, it, uh, it transcends anything uh, uh, around us and, and before us. So here's the thing. The book of Acts which follows the Gospels, John, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And, and, and the book of Acts, really, it's, the book of Acts is, is, is an important read for us because that's the book that tells us how the disciples understood what the Great Commission was all about. It's the book of Acts that, that reflects a, 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 a following of people that got it. They, they were a missional church. They responded to the, uh, the great commission of the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and they, were, they were going and they were doing the things that we had just been talking about. Uh, uh, everything mentioned in Mark's uh, record of the Great Commission can be found illustrated in the book of Acts. And so when you take a look at the passage that we just, just read, you can find examples in the book of Acts of everything that Jesus was, was, was referring to. He, uh, he talks about people getting saved. On the day of Pentecost, salvations, the day of Pentecost was there and, and, and uh, people, uh, over 5,000 people uh, come to the Lord uh, Jesus Christ. As you read throughout the book of Acts and you see the different accounts and you follow, you follow Paul and you follow Barnabas and, and you follow Peter and the other disciples, you see healings of all Kinds. You see where the disciples are. They're, man, they're laying hands on the sick and they're recovering. You see them casting out demons. You see them in one case, Peter, uh, is, man, he's got his handkerchiefs going out there and they're, they're praying over the sick and just a handkerchief is being placed on somebody. In one case, another one is where, man, they just walk by, just the shadow, just the shadow. And so the signs uh, uh, were following them because they understood that the Great Commission wasn't just for one time, but it was for the days to come. And in 
for the generations uh, uh, to come. Uh, in, in the book of Acts, uh, there are dangerous situations. And, and you recall the time that, that Paul uh, is in shipwreck, and, and that's a dangerous time in itself. And Paul was, uh, was beaten, uh, which was not certainly a pleasant thing, but a dangerous situation for him. And there's the time he's, he's gathering sticks. Uh, on, on an island, and he is bit with a, by, by a poisonous snake, and he goes over to the fire, and he shakes it off, and everyone else around him, I mean, they're fearful. They think he's going to die any minute now, but Paul just shakes it off because his confidence is, is in the Lord, and because Paul understood, and here's my point, Paul understood that when you're in a dangerous situation, don't panic. It's amazing. It's amazing what happens. When you panic, you throw everything off. I mean, you grab the wrong things, you step into the wrong place, or you say the wrong things, you run the wrong direction, you bang into things. I mean, when you're in a dangerous situation, don't panic. You, 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 count, on, you count on what the Lord is, is, is doing. And then, of course, as, as, as in the, the Great Commission and, and the, the overflow and, and, and what came as, as they went, the signs that followed them in the book of Acts talks about how that the church, that it, that it grew exponentially. Uh, there was, uh, there's one account that it talks about that the city was filled with Jesus. It was filled with Jesus because, man, the gospel was going out. The disciples were going out. Their followers going. Everywhere they go, they're talking about Jesus. And, and there was one comment uh, found over in Acts chapter 17 and verse 6. Once again, signs following. Signs following. The comment was made about the followers of Christ. The world was being turned upside down. Upside down because of the signs they are following. Well, the Great Commission, because it is Scripture and obviously transcends time, it was rele relevant and pertinent for the disciples back then. And it is the same for us today in the 21st century. Now, equally important for us to understand is the context of what is happening in our day. Now, my observation is this. That if we understand the context of Scripture, we will be eager to apply the word of God to our lives. Uh, so, I mean, that, that's right, Mark, Acts, I mean, the disciples, they've been with the resurrected Christ, uh, they, man, they've heard him, they commissioned the, the Pentecost, or the day of Pentecost, I mean, it, it filled with excitement, filled with charge, and so that motivated them to be the early missional church. So, we need to understand the context of Scripture that will apply to the Word of God in our lives. So, here's the question. For us, how do we apply the scripture in our day? All right, let's ask these questions. Has, has anything changed since the time of Christ's resurrection and ascension? And everybody says, yes, yes, yes. Try that again. I'm not sure if you're following me this morning. No time to go to sleep yet. Okay, here we go. Has anything changed since the time of Christ's resurrection and ascension? And everybody says, that was not very good. All right, we'll try that one more. One more time. All right, come on. Now, I want to make sure they can, they can hear you. All right, all right. Has anything changed since the time of Christ's resurrection and ascension? And everybody says, yes. All right, here's another one. Real tough question. Has the words of Christ changed? No. 
Oh, you're getting better. Okay. One more time. Has the words of Christ changed? No. All right. Okay. Good. Now you're with me. The message never changes, but methods, methodology, and means do. If COVID taught us one thing, it was how to spread the gospel like no other day. COVID introduced many of us to Zoom. I had never heard of Zoom prior to March 22nd. And now I think it was March 22nd. Uh, that was the day that uh, uh, Pastor Carlo, he grabbed me and he threw me into the Brooks room and we were recording our first video service. I had no clue what to do. He did, thank God. But it was the first time that I was introduced to Zoom. And since then, we've heard of things like online. It's all new. It's all commonplace to us. It's live stream. We've had people uh, calling in already this morning. Uh, we're the service is it going to be online today and that would have been unheard of a couple of years ago but COVID has introduced to us some different things and and yes the message is the same but the methodology has changed and that's not all bad we have live stream and we have multiple social media oh my we have options like Facebook I'm not often on there uh, Instagram lately I've been on Instagram that really works I didn't realize that before. Wow, I've been taking some pictures, and I get some comments from some of you out there. Anyhow, appreciated a few more comments, but that's all right. But here you go. So there's, there's, there's some, yeah, Instagram. Wow, that was news. And, and then, then there are podcasts, and, and then there is um, Messenger. Then there's something called TikTok. I still don't know what that one is. And, and probably, probably three weeks from now, there'll probably be another one. I mean, we, we, we know that, okay, so social media, so yeah, all kinds of things uh, have, have changed. Uh, did the message change? No. <laughs> That's good, all right. <laughs> That's, That's really good, okay. Maybe I'll ask that question one more time, so be ready, okay? So, so did the message change? No. Oh, that was good. Did the gospel change? But the method changed and continues to do so. So, how do we apply the timeless words of Christ in a world that is morally confused and social media obsessed? It's a good question. It's a question that really is where the rubber hits the road. It's a question that you and I live with this tension all the time. We become more observant of the people, perhaps people we have overlooked for weeks. It's like Peter and John. Man, they were in the, this is incredible time that they were living in. And, and I don't know how long that guy sat there, but on this day, they remembered the man. On this day, they paid attention to the people on the way to church. They started looking around. They started being more concerned about, about the neighbor. People have said, we have overlooked, and people were looking for, uh, uh, that we perhaps, people we've overlooked for weeks and months or even years. Uh, we need to start looking. We continue to look after each other is, is, is the theme that we need to be centered upon. I came across a book by a guy by the name of Steve Pike. And, and as we were 
entering into this, this, this new day and, and the church was being reformatted and we weren't meeting in church and we had to go you know, be online and all these kinds of things. And so it just introduced a whole new concept of how we do church. So I, I came across the book by a guy by the name of Steve Pike, and it's called The Next Wave, because I really believe that there is a next wave coming. I believe that God's Holy Spirit is moving and is preparing the church like ours for what he has, and I believe it's excitement, and I believe that there are signs and wonders that will continue to follow. So Steve Pike, in his book, The Next Wave, suggests that we should end our services with two questions. So if Steve were here today, he would want to end this service with these two questions. He would say, all right, okay, we've had church today. We've had worship. We've listened to the word of God. Then he said, here's the first question. All right, who's missing? Who's missing? He'd be saying to us, all right, people, look around. Who's missing from church today? Who haven't you seen for a week or a month? Or maybe even a year. And he'd be asking that question. And then he would ask this question. How do the missing become found? And how do the missing become found? Because that is our mandate. Remember, Jesus said, go. He said, go. He said, go. He didn't say come. He said, go, go, go. All right, so... The answer to those two questions will lead, Pike says, to healthy 21st century churches to begin new faith communities that effectively incarnate the gospel into the nooks. In other words, we're taking Jesus to the street. In other words, that the church of Jesus becomes alive and well in the coffee shops and in our neighborhoods and those places where we work and, and go to school. So we continue to preach and, and we teach wherever there is a listening ear. We continue to exercise the authority of Christ wherever we go, which begins. The authority of Christ in order begins, begins in our heart. That's where it begins. And so we continue to exercise the, the authority of Christ wherever we go, but especially in our heart. We continue to pray even when it's inconvenient to do so. And we continue to step out. We continue to go. Now, Steve Pike, just another couple questions from him. Steve Pike also, he suggests, I try to end each sermon with, who can you bring Christ to this week? Who can, who can you bring Christ to this week? And then the second question is, who can you share this message with? Or who wasn't sitting here today that needs this word? Could God be calling you to bring it to him or her? See, Jesus said, go. That's the mission of the church. He said, go. These questions are pertinent. Who's been missing? Have you looked around? Who is Jesus saying to you, take the message to them this week, the next few days? Isaiah 43 and 16 Isaiah 43 and 16, and uh, it says this. This is what the Lord says. He who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters, who drew out the chariots and horses, the army and reinforcements together, and they lay there, never to rise again, extinguished, snuffed out like a wick. And then, then the prophet says, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. And then he says, see, 
I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wastelands. You know, yeah, yeah, the, the methods change. But I want you to know the word of God does not change. And the word of God is, is the same. And, and God is doing a, a, a new thing. And he's doing a new thing through his church. And, and, and yeah, yeah there's, there's some things that are not looking the same and, and, and different. Um, I got one of my buddies who's with the Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada. And, you know, used to be that we would send missionaries to other parts of the world. Uh, and uh, we would we do that because that's where God told us to go. But in the, in the last the last decade or so, even, even less, our Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada is realizing our mission field is not across the ocean. Our mission field is right here in our own country. Our mission field is in our cities. And so they have started a whole new approach. We are now sending urban missionaries to our cities. And one of my buddies has responded to the call. Yeah, uh, has the message changed? No. Has the message changed? Oh, yeah. It, it's, it's definitely changed. It looks differently. But God, but God's commission, God, God's word is going forth. And the response is, yes, we will go. Uh, I had another one of my buddies. Uh, another one of my buddies, uh, he's a retired guy, but he's like me. He's not going to give up. You know, he's going to continue to pursue. And this guy, he is part. I got to be careful what I say because this is sensitive material. But I got to be careful. This guy is part of a covert motorcycle group. And that, that's basically all I can say about it. But I want you to know how God is using this covert Christian motorcycle group. And men, they're reaching out. They're reaching out to people that you and I would never do. And we would never, never even go near them. We would be concerned what they might do to us. But this particular group, it's, it, it's, it's something that God is raising up. And, and, and yeah, is it, is, it, is it new? Oh, yeah. Has the message changed? No, no. Is God using them? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. God is using this motorcycle group, and they're laying hands on the sick, and, and man, people are recovering from it. Oh, yeah. Is the message, is the message the same? Yeah, yeah. Uh, 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 has, uh, has the message the same? Did I get that right? Yeah, no. I got it right. Okay. Is the message the same? Yes, it is. All right. Has, okay. Has the method changed? Yeah, there we go. There we go. Come on. You're supposed to be helping out with that one. All right. Here we go. Okay. Okay. But then I, then I got another buddy. I got another buddy of mine. He's retired. And uh, usually at, at, at you know, a certain age, they kind of put you out to pasture. But they said to him that, uh, not too long ago, listen, we need you. We need you to go to this old church. And, and they're dying and just a whole handful of them. We really want you to go in and close it down. But my whole buddy, he says, oh, no, because the message hasn't changed. The message hasn't changed. Maybe the method has changed. And so he responded to the call. He went into that church, and they were dying. Yeah, they were dying. But now God is moving in the church. And now instead of eight people, there are up to 80 people and now they can't shut the place down because you know why here's why because i want you to know the message has not changed yeah the method has changed but oh the message has not changed how's that <laughs> that's how bad that, 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 that that's that, that, that's really good and then I, I got a, i got another buddy of mine another buddy of mine I'm because because once again yeah the methods change but the message doesn't and and they've been really concerned 
They've been really concerned about all the homeless that is just plaguing our, just let alone our province and the surrounding areas. And so what he's doing, and he's been looking into, you know, those sea containers that you see often along the way? Well, they're looking into building a village of sea containers. They have these small houses in it, and they've been talking to their city, and they got all the right kind of hookups. And so now they're building up these mini villages because they're going with the gospel, and they're, they're, they're being Jesus with flesh on. Has the method changed? Oh, Oh, yes, it has. Whoever heard of sea containers as our apartment building or whatever? Who but the message has not. The message has not changed. The message has not changed. It still says, go. Yeah, go. So is there a new way or a fresh way of presenting the gospel? I observe when the church is squeezed, she produces. I observe when the pressure of our, our, our world tries to restrict Christ's church through indifference, persecution, and prosecution, she rebounds. Because greater is he that is within us than he that is in the world. Has the message changed? No. Has the way we do church changed? Yes. Jesus said to Peter, you are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my Father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock, I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven. And whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. And I close with the old hymn, a verse of the old hymn comes from Oddworth Christian soldiers. Crowns and thrones may perish. Kingdoms rise and wane, but the church of Jesus constant will remain. Gates of hell can never against that church prevail. We have Christ's own promise, and that cannot fail because the message <laughs> has not changed. Come on, onward. Christian soldiers marching as to war with the cross of Jesus going on before. Amen. Church, be the church. Now, I think at this point I'm supposed to somehow get into the video announcement. <laughs> I'm not sure how that works. That's a method change right there, isn't it? Okay. Let me, let me, let me pray with you, okay? Lord, there's a stirring in this place. There's a stirring in this place. You have drawn us uniquely to come to worship today. We've come from so many different backgrounds. We've got so many different things going on in our lives. And yet, the message is still the same. You say, you say go, go. So Holy Spirit, I want to thank you today for the expectation level that you are raising right now in our church. I want to thank you today that out of this church is going to, going to people that are going with an expectation. They're going with their eyes looking around. They're, they're, they're going with a conviction understanding. God, you're going to use me today. You, you, you're going to use me today. You're going to use me to give an encouraging word. You're going to use me to pray for somebody. You're going to use me to lay the hands on the sick. I don't know. But Lord, there's a church 
that you're about to send out of this place going with an expectation, going with an expectation that what you have set in motion cannot be stopped. What is going on? And so, Lord, thank you today that the gates of hell, hallelujah, cannot prevail against your church. Oh, thank you, Lord. Yeah, yeah. Methods have changed, but thank you. The message has not changed. We give you praise and give you glory. And everybody said, amen. 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 Thanks for checking out this week's message, Bethel Church Podcast. We hope that it's blessed you and encouraged you, and that you come back and check out next week's message as well.